Hello there, friends. I'm Richard Kisman. We all knew it was coming. Adulthood, relationships and marriage, business, health, money, bills, fitness. If you're like me, we didn't think that life would come at us like this. I welcome you to join me for raw, authentic, and hopefully really fun conversations about coming into your own as an adult and to help you create a powerful life of your design. This is the Adulthood Revisited Podcast. Hello, Adulthood Revisited Nation. Richard Kissen here, and I'm glad to welcome you back to the Adulthood Revisited Podcast. Hope you're doing well. Uh, very, very excited to have a really energetic, exciting, and successful guest on the podcast today. I'd like to welcome Leona Krasner. I've gotten to know Leona Krasner for maybe about approaching two years now, um, and she's just winning all over the place. She's managing director of Krasner Law, her own law practice, practicing matrimonial law. Um, she's also managing director of Krasner Review, where she helps students of all ages and all programs. Uh, it's a tutoring service where you help them prepare for exams, get into uh, whatever schools might be applying, they might be applying for programs like law, law programs, graduate programs. Um, also, your, you direct a nonprofit, Tunes for, we'll, we'll touch on that a little bit, Tunes for Teens and Tots, where you provide free musical performances and tutoring for uh, teenagers and tots. Um, also, I know you as well as uh, through a networking group, BNI, and you know, your director, director consultant here in Manhattan. Um, and then also, somehow, somewhere, you find time to be married. So, Leona, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Richard. Um, one of the big reasons that I wanted to have you on the show and one thing I'm really excited about, I know right now I'm trying to hack my way to like, being better about a business owner, being better in my relationships, personal, business, whatever you want to call it. And like, from what I know about you and, and how I've gotten to know you, you have all of that in check. Like, I, again, I've never seen someone so optimized. So I'm really excited because you shared with me that you have three ways to optimize performance in business productivity and success, or three ways to optimize uh, your success in business and productivity, and also three ways to improve and strengthen relationships. So for me, I'm all ears. I don't know if you want to start off by giving maybe a brief introduction of who you are, how you got to where you are, and what's your backstory to the audience. Well, thank you so much, Richard, for this opportunity. I so appreciate it. Uh, and you are fantastic as well. And it's, it's a pleasure to call you a colleague and friend. So my name is Leona Krasner, <clears throat> and I'm managing partner of Krasner Law, matrimonial law firm where we have clients in New York and New Jersey when they're at I Love You, help them get ready for I Do, where therefore I no longer like you, and we help with the babies too. Uh, so you, may, you guys may or may not know, but the courts are largely closed at this moment, except for emergency situations. So figure domestic violence, child abuse, that kind of thing. That said, there are still a lot of other steps that can be taken, motion writing, conversations, letters. Yeah. Uh, so work is, is still continuing on as per usual. Very cool. And then in addition to Krasner Law, what about Krasner Review? All right. So Krasner Review, I have always loved working with students, right? From the age of, so when I was in high school, uh, actually my very first student was when I was on the train heading to school and a fellow classmate was like, hey, Leona, do my homework for me. And I was like, well, no, uh, but I'll help you. 
And so that was my very first tutoring lesson. And I sort of haven't stopped. Uh, so through undergrad and then law school and business school, as I took more exams and did well, I began to tutor other students to have success. And so now offer tutoring for students K through 12, help get them into undergrad, grad school, law school, and business school, and help them negotiate their scholarships. Let me ask you, I, I, wanna, I don't wanna jump too far just yet, but with respect to tutoring and, and how you found the knack for that, because I, I think tutoring has a lot to do with, it, with, the way I examine the way I do business now and the way I perform as a lawyer and, and in some other aspects, do you find that like tutoring your own personal understanding of how you learn and how you operate is it that you just things come naturally to you or is it a systems that you learn that you can pass on to like your students that you work with and the people around you so that they can pass tests or that they can do better on tests or in business like is it a matter of just you're very smart and other people are trying to catch up or is it that you see systems and processes that other people miss and that you can share with, again, let's say your students in this case. So Richard, that's a great question. So it's not a matter of, of me being smarter or not being smart. The way I see it is I partner with my students to help them each reach their individual goals. Now I've worked with all kinds of students, those getting almost perfect scores and aiming for that perfection, to those who are starting with maybe lower scores, to those who are just really scared and nervous and get freaked out when it comes to exams, to those who just need help kind of crafting their story in an essay so they don't sound like a nervous 17 year old kid, but you know, can really explain what they've gone through in a way that could appeal to schools, right? So it's a matter of figuring out where the student is right here, right now. What's easy, what's hard, making a personalized step-by-step -step plan to help get them to whatever that endpoint may be, right? Whether it's to get them to that school, that's their number one dream school, what's that application going to look like? What is that story going to look like? What's important to that school that we need to make sure we then reflect in the essay, honestly, of course, and in a way to really tell that student's story, right? If math is hard, how do we make it so math is no longer hard? And of course, there are strategies built in uh, and you know ways to, to go about it that are the same across the board for every single student, but it really depends on each student, right? If somebody's a whiz at reading comprehension, but you know what, geometry can really use a refresher, we're gonna dump, we're gonna jump right in and talk about those triangles and break it down and angles and go step by step. Reinforce, include daily homework assignments with accountability check-ins through text message just to make sure that we're staying on track. But Richard, it's super individualized and personalized, and that's how we get the results we need. Let me say, as you were saying, I couldn't help but thinking, oh my God, she she must be talking about a client. Do you find parallels between what you do as a matrimonial attorney and then what you're doing with Krasner Review? Yes, absolutely. So at the end of the day, every single person who comes to me to hire me is looking to reach a goal. Right, so a student may need to do well on a certain exam or need to get into a school or need to negotiate a scholarship. A 
matrimonial law client typically is looking to for help to get married. So with, with a prenup or something like that, or looking to stop being married, right? So to get a divorce or deal with, deal with child custody or visitation issues. And so it's a matter of identifying what it is that goal is, laying out a step-by-step -step plan to get there, and then walking that, that path together, sometimes hand-in-hand, -hand, literally. And so there are a lot of parallels, actually, Richard. Yeah, I mean, it's just talking, as you were saying, I'm thinking like, you might be in the capacity that you work with, the students that you work with, it's the same thing when you're doing an intake with a client and trying to get them, like, especially matrimonial. I, I mean, I don't do matrimonial work, but I, I do some bankruptcy work and eviction work. And so there's a lot of emotion there. And people are often, when they come meet with me, they're guided by their emotion. And I kind of have to, like, remove them from that and say, hey, listen, this is, this is like your goal. This is the process. I need you to like just fit into the process, um, and then and then shepherd them there. So I, as you were saying, I just found it really really fascinating, and which then leads me to my next question because you do a lot outside of those two things, which sounds like it occupies eighty hours a week. Anyways, you also have in the capacity that I know you through networking and DNI, you do a lot with DNI Manhattan. Um, so without diving too deep into it or maybe we do that really deep into it let's turn maybe to those starting with those three tips or three hacks for optimizing yourself for business success and business um productivity because again you do you have your practice you have the tutorial service you've got you spend a lot of time at least from what i know you spend a lot of time networking meeting people and doing stuff you and i and we haven't even touched the other things that are on your list. So maybe we start if you want to dive into those three um, or three hacks or so for improving or optimizing business productivity and business success. Absolutely. I'd be happy to. All right. So when it comes to business and getting work done, it's really easy to get distracted, even if we're going to work and working from the office. Now, a lot of us currently are, are wearing our sweatpants or pajama bottoms or whatever that is from the waist up if we're not on video and might not even be getting out of our pajamas if we don't need to be on camera, right? So what are some ways to optimize business performance right now in a lot of cases from home with family and children and doggies and kitties running around? How do we do that? So three main ways that I recommend. First is routine. I like to think of these as the bookends of your day. Starting with a morning routine. What do you need to get done in the morning to make sure that you have a productive, awesome day, okay? How many of you guys maybe started either watching that Netflix show, right? That those first five minutes while you brushed your teeth or maybe were waiting to get out of bed or played that one game, you promised one game before starting your, your day, and that turned into a half day wasted. In there, right? Um, so how do we not do that? What inspires you in the morning? What do you need to do to get you going? Does it mean you're jumping out of bed as soon as that alarm goes off? Did you set that alarm? Does it mean going and making that breakfast or the coffee or the tea or the glass of water? Does it mean drafting a calendar sort of item by item list of things that you're going to be doing that day including the meeting start times and end times what i recommend is 
figure out what makes the most sense for you, gets you excited, energized, and ready to go. I learned about the 2010-2010 system uh, in a growth book that I read, uh, where the first 20 minutes, they recommend doing the planning, right? Plan out that day. Next 10 minutes, do some exercise. Doesn't have to be a full-on two-hour gym visit, but right, get that blood going. And one of those sections be meditation. And it doesn't have to be a long time. Sometimes I do two minutes and you know what? I'm more clear and more focused after two minutes than if I didn't do them. And then have some breakfast. And then launch in. So think about that morning routine and same thing for bedtime. Right before bed, what are you getting done? What do you need to do to be able to finish your day? Be proud of what you did. And head to bed. I don't know about you, but the couch gets real comfy around 11, 11.30, right? It's, it's hard to get out sometimes. So what does that evening routine look like? I like to journal about how my day went. I like to include a happiness memory, at least one. One thing that was awesome. A couple things I'm grateful for. Try to include at least three. So that way we're not focusing on the negative, we're focusing on the positive. And what I like to do is jot down a couple things I didn't get to today that I want to make sure I get to tomorrow where I write it down so I'm not thinking and worrying about it in bed. It's all written down, it's all out of my head. That means I'm going to be able to sleep better and be better rested for tomorrow. Okay, so routines, that's the first one. Second, set up those daily goals. Pick three. I know we wanna pick 17, I get it. Three, pick three top things that you really need to get done today. Only three. If you finish them, phenomenal. Do some more. But don't set yourself 37 and then finish half of one and feel demoralized. Take your top three. Write them down. Don't keep them in your head, because if you keep them in your head, you might forget. And now it's just taking up brain space when that brain space could be used for something else. Can I, can I, I don't mean. Yeah, you know, please jump on it. I have, I have a personal, I'm going to be a little selfish here. Because I, I try, I found for myself that with goals and, and to-do lists, that I work better writing it down. I can't use apps. I can't use this. I can't do that. But then I have this issue where I'll, I'll have, like, lists in my apartment. We sleep, like, all over the place. All my desks thrown all over the place. Do you have a recommendation for, or maybe share how you organize it? Just, I, I mean, I, I struggle with implementation of that. As much as I know it'll help. Um, and I'm just curious if you have any idea or, or how, how you get about doing that. Yes. So there's this fantastic planner. It's called self.co. Uh, and it's fantastic. It's called the self journal. Yeah. And it's blue and it's got a yellow kind of ribbon type rubber bandy thing. It's phenomenal because, because it gives you space to write down those things. It literally includes on one side of the page what your calendar is going to look like for that day. On the other side, it's got today's targets, one, two, three. Uh, so it literally has somewhere for you to put it. And that way you can't lose it because it's a nice thick book. So you, because I actually got the self-journal at your recommendation. You carry that everywhere? I, I write in there first thing in the morning. Yeah. And then I write in there last thing at night. I see. So I don't have to physically carry it with me if I don't need to. Uh, and the calendar, all my calendars live on Google Calendar on my phone anyway. Uh, so I usually know what's going on that day. But just setting myself straight with what I need to get done in the morning 
so, so helpful and it guides my day. Thanks. That, that was, for me, that was super helpful. So I didn't mean to interrupt like that, but I just wanted to, all right, so you talk daily goals, write them down, and then at the end of the day, things you didn't get done. Uh, anything else on goals or? Uh, so yeah, just those top three, and we want them to be as specific as possible, right? So if you want to have five cups of water, write down five cups of water instead of water. At the same time, be gentle with yourself. So if you're looking to say, start exercising, write in there that you want to do one exercise video, not that you need to exercise for two hours, because if we set the goal way, way, way high, where it's scary, then we're less likely to do it. Okay, so feel free to start that goal on the smaller side and exceed expectations to get that gold star as opposed to setting it so high that it's, it's tough to reach and kind of gets scarier in your head. And then finally, the last work kind of productivity hack that I really enjoy and find so helpful is accountability. So for me, accountability is everything, right? I was the student in the front row with my hand raised in the air basically my entire life. People are asking me when I'm going back to school. I don't know when I'm doing that. Um, but that was always me. So knowing somebody's watching and that I'm doing my quote unquote homework assignment, even if I never turn it into them, I know somebody's there and, and they, they kind of know, so I better freaking do it. Uh, so that's helpful for me. There's a great website. It's called focusmate.com. Focusmate. And the way it works is pop in there, pick an hour long time slot and somebody else who's looking to be productive does at that same time. And then when that time comes, we're both on video chat. We can see each other. We start off the session with, well, hey, I want to get this done in the next hour. Other person tells me what they want to get done. And then we mute ourselves. They, they stay in the corner of my screen and I'm doing my thing. And they're doing their thing. And then at the end of the hour, we come back off mute, share how it went. And I have to say, using this focusmate.com thing, has really, really increased my productivity because that way a five minute break can turn into a three hour kind of doing what I shouldn't be doing session on the couch. Can I ask you about, about that? Because I, I struggle a lot with accountability and getting the things that I want to get done done. Um, I, I recently part of a mastermind coaching group and it started off, it was a little loose, um, started off with accountability. What do you, what should we hold you accountable for? For next week and i said oh i'm gonna get this done you know what i showed up on like, yeah I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't get it done um what besides let's say trying to a, a tool let's say like focus made or so what is it about do you have any suggestions for people who struggle with accountability and knowing that you have 17 things to get done on your to-do list or whatever it may be um where it just just don't get it done. I, I don't know how else to put it. Um, like I struggle with getting things done in my business. The things that I know I have to get done, meeting with people and whatnot, but I just don't get it done. Um, any thoughts on, on how, like why you think some people are able to get things done and others struggle with it? So a couple things. First, we as attorneys tend to be perfectionists, right? So we want to make sure it's perfect before whatever it is goes out into the world. And so sometimes letting go can be really helpful. Also, Richard, you just mentioned 17 items on the to-do list. And well, I get you, right? 
the grand total of things I need to get done, probably around there, if not more. That's why it's so important to focus on a couple of things first, right? So three is a way less scary number than 17 because 17 is this humongous mountain. And so what I recommend is start smaller. And also a week's a real long time. And I'm part of a group where we meet monthly and do our check-ins about how we did versus that thing that we said we would do a month ago. Richard, I can't remember what I said a month ago. That was a really long time. You know, a week is a little bit better. What I recommend is finding somebody who can be your daily accountability partner. And instead of 17 things that you want to get done, pick three maximum. I would even recommend fewer than that. Try it out with one because those little successes feel way better than darn it, I screwed it up again, right? Start with one. Text back and forth, I would recommend, one thing you want to get done today. Do that in the morning. In the evening, check back on in. Hey, I did the thing. Now it feels good and you're more likely to stick with it. Wow, Leon, that, that was super helpful. So I just want to run through this again. So one, one way that you, you suggest people supercharge and optimize for, for productivity and success, routines, morning routines, evening routines, um, and including in that, uh, figuring out things, things and thoughts that inspire you, take action, uh, maybe implementing something. I've heard something like that with the 2010, 2010 system uh, starting off that way. And then also journaling in the morning, bedtime, in particular looking at wins for the day. Uh, I also have your goals every day, setting your goals or project lists, not making it too large, which is something that I struggle with. Like I keep a notepad full of them. But shorten that in and then like recognize and acknowledge, I guess, things you got done. And then if you did it, it's okay. Forgive yourself and then be okay with that and then put it on, on your task list for the next one. Cool. And then accountability, and then figuring out a system of accountability that works. works. That's super, super awesome. Before we turn to relationships, anything else uh, or any, any other remarks or thoughts you had maybe with, with these three things or, or something else, a corollary to it? So Richard, I thought you'd nailed it when you said focus on the positivity. It is so easy to nitpick about those things we missed or didn't do perfectly this time or could have done or should have done or, or, you know, really, really you know, would have done but couldn't, focus on the wins. Focus on finding those wins every single day. And that way you're going to be rewiring your brain to, to continue to pursue those wins instead of harping on the negative, that I couldn't get it done, I didn't. So focus on those wins. Yeah, that's, that's super. I've been trying to be very diligent about that because I think for a long time it was like negative Nancy. I don't know why. <laughs> the world is after me. Uh, but anyways, it's, it's been a long journey from there. All right. So now that you, you kind of described being productive and optimizing for business and success. And in your day, it sounds like it occupies about 200 hours a week. And I don't know where you find the time. But in that, built into that, you spent a lot of time and a lot of energy developing super strong relationships. So I guess now is a good time to turn over to sort of the same three tips for optimizing improving and strengthening relationships, whatever those relationships may be in your life. So why don't you, why don't you share with us that? I would love to, Richard. All right, so relationships. We're pretty good about filling up the calendar with work stuff. How do we make time for the relationships that are the personal relationships, whether it's with family, your significant other, 
the kids, friends, those people in your life who were not seeing face-to-face -face as much, or those people were actually seeing a lot more of. So the first is mastering your calendar. I think it's so, so important, especially when you're under the same roof with people, to schedule out time to spend with these people. Meal time. We all need to eat. So, I mean, you can either scarf down that granola bar in those three minutes in between your calls, or you could take out half an hour and schedule an actual sit-down meal with the other people under the roof with you, where there should be a no cell phone policy allowed, right? It's blocked down on your calendar. So enjoy your time with this person. Same thing for meals. Same thing for, for date nights or get-togethers. Pop them in the calendar where they're probably not going to, to happen because they're not as prioritized. Really easy to put those by the side right now, especially as emotions might be running a little bit higher since we're home all the time and seeing these people all the time. So put it in the calendar and make these people a priority for you. Second, communication. Communication is so key, especially right now where we're, we're in a period of a lot of uncertainty. We don't know where, where exactly things are going and, and tempers may, may be flaring a little bit and you know things are, are different than we're used to them being. So what I recommend doing, especially with your closest partners, so whether it's your significant other, kids, family, those people who you're in contact with a whole lot, schedule time. I do once a week with my husband. We call it relationship review. And what we do is first we thank each other for all the ways the other person went above and beyond that week. Then we talk about what could have gone better that week and are honest and just share, right? You made me feel this way when you did that thing. And just being open and honest and then, you know, not to turn it into a screaming match, but to find areas of improvement. Then we talk about what we need to do to make sure those things that happen never happen again. Could and I, then, let, yeah, go ahead. I'll, I'll hold that because I, like that is some, communication is something that I've, I've tried, I spent a lot of time thinking about and work, trying to improve, especially in, in my you know, significant relationships, um, people I've dated. And I've been, I've been told that I count, right? I, like when something upsets me, I'll hold it in and I'll pout. And I'm just, whatever, I'm sharing it with the world. Yeah, I pout. Um, and then I'll, I'll let it like simmer, 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 and it creates a larger problem. Now with, with this relationship review, because this is awesome, I, this is the first time I've ever heard this and I, I love the idea. How did, how did you find that that operates though when, like how do you select tension that can be delayed for a relationship review wherever you calendar that? versus things that this needs to be fleshed out right now like do you have i mean how do you and your husband operate or, or have decided what's urgent that we need to figure out right now versus what can be um calendared for this relationship review richard that's a great question the whole point of relationship review is to to kind of rewire our thinking a little bit for the day-to-day -day things Okay, so by chatting about things we're grateful for, 
things we're thankful for that the other person did, that's making us focus on the positive and the things that the other person is doing throughout the week and thanking them more throughout the week. Same thing about areas of difficulty. So if my husband goes and, and says the mean thing by accident, I mean, you, the tension is never to hurt me, right? But if I let it sit and fester and grow, that's going to cause a problem down the line. So it also teaches us to learn how to tell the other person, hey, that thing you did hurt my feelings in a way where then the focus is on fixing it and making sure it doesn't happen. So my recommendation is this. I mean, there, it's important to be sensitive, I think, um, but I would recommend dealing with kind of ouchy feelings sooner rather than later. So instead of sitting on them for weeks or months at a time and, and having them sit and then suddenly, you know, you, you boil to the top and that thing you did 10 months ago and they're like, what are you talking about, right? Not so helpful anymore versus you had tackled it 10 months ago, it wouldn't be hurting you anymore. And they probably don't even know. So you mentioned pouting. My husband was a powder. At the beginning of the relationship, if he felt like he couldn't share something with me, where I had hurt his feelings in some way, he would go very quiet. And I and then we would play the what's wrong? I'm fine. <laughs> no, really, what's wrong? I'm fine. Not helpful. <laughs> right? So we had to to navigate that. And the relationship review has really helped because it's taught us how to phrase those those things that are bothering us where both people agree that we want to make life better for each other it's not personal when he tells me that hey leona you know you left the cabinet door open and i whacked my head on it well obviously i didn't do that on person i'm 411 right the cabinet's like inches and inches above my head so that wasn't personal and now i know i really don't want my husband banging his head the next time he's in the kitchen because i left the thing open he told me and now i'm aware if he sat on that for months and I kept doing it day after day and he kept hitting his head, he'd probably kind of be annoyed. Yeah. And I would not blame him, right? So having one safe place a week to talk about this sets up a culture of being able to air those kinds of things during the week in a safe way, knowing the other person's not going to judge or get offended or get prickly. And it's, it's set up this culture of safety. Super helpful. Wow, you know, thanks. Um, that was that was again me being selfish because I know that, that that's a challenge that I've dealt with for if you if you interview all of my exes, they'll tell you that Richard's worse than he's that he's he's a powder. Uh, all right, so master calendar, communication, uh, anything else on communication? Because I kind of injected it and, and interrupted you again. So just real quick, one more time, what is relationship review for my husband and me? One thanking each other for all the ways we went above and beyond, the other person went above and beyond that week. Second, what could have gone better? Right now, how they hurt my feelings? What, what, what could have gone better? And third, what do we need to do to make sure it never happens again? And then finally, let it go. You guys just talked about it. It's, it's done. If it comes up again, of course it's going to warrant another conversation. But once you guys have addressed the issue, don't keep bringing it up again and again and again and again. When you're in a bad mood, that's not going to help. You guys talked about it. You addressed it. There should be progress in that area. Let it go.
Very awesome. Um, is there, that was, was that was there okay, yeah, sorry. <laughs> no worries. All right, number three for relationships, separate but together time. Okay, so now that you're literally seeing your person kind of all day, every day, potentially, absence makes the heart grow fonder. How many of you guys going away for a business trip, had a couple days not with your person, and then come home and it's great to see them. You miss them because you weren't seeing them all day, every day. Now we've, now we've, got, now we've got the a lot of these people, at least those people you're living at home with. So something that my husband and I created is separate but together time. He's doing his thing. I am doing my thing. We support each other. But we each give each other the space to do our own thing. And I think that that is critical. So setting up those healthy boundaries where, honey, you do your thing. You know, you read your book, you play your video game, you practice your guitar. I'm going to read my book or do my thing or write my book, whatever that is. Making sure that there's space for each person to do his or her own thing with full support of that other person is critical especially right around now when we're seeing so much of each other. Yeah. You know what's really fascinating, really fascinating that when you look at, the, you look at the, these sort of tips or suggestions for improving your relationships, I mean, I kind of discussed it in the context of a close, significant other relationship or family, friends, but it, you can see how it easily translates to every relationship, right? If you're able to have uncomfortable or challenging conversations with, your husband, your wife about, you know, leaving, leaving the, the cabinet door open and whatnot. Like you can see how it makes, it probably makes having conversations with clients or with potential customers easier as well, because you're able, you're just more comfortable with understanding that this needs to be clearly, like clearly stated, clearly elucidated. Um, the same thing with separate put together time. I think for me with business, and I don't know if you feel the same way, I, I spent a lot of time like in my business and I, there are times where you take home files, like people will call me at night or text me at night and I, I feel like I have to respond because there's access there. But the same kind of concept, you sh it's probably very healthy to separate your, your like personal life from your business life, right? Absolutely. So you mentioned two great things, Richard. First is your understanding muscle, right? So when I'm talking to my husband about things that could be better and he's doing the same thing to me, we are strengthening those listening to each other muscles and the wanting to work it out muscles. And we're also really, really strengthening our patience muscles, right? Because it's something sometimes really tempting to want to jump on in and say, but, but, but that thing, right? Pause, let him talk it out. Very, very helpful in all different situations, not just personal ones. When I'm speaking with clients, when I'm doing one-to-ones with colleagues, those muscles all come in incredibly handy. And then you mentioned the importance of boundaries. So, so tempting, especially when you have your own business or businesses to be on all the time, to be taking phone calls at three o'clock in the morning and 11 p.m. and on weekends. I work seven days a week by choice. But by scheduling out time to spend, say, with my husband, to spend with my friends, to spend doing those things that I need to be doing for me, 
that's me asserting boundaries on my life. And those boundaries are really, really important because that means that when I go to bed, I'm not thinking about the 17 clients I spoke to today. I'm thinking about going to bed. I had laid those, those thoughts and issues to rest, fully understanding I'll get right back on it tomorrow. Um, but by creating those boundaries, it makes that time you spend with clients and on client files that much more productive. Wow. Absolutely incredible, you are You are a gift to the world. Um, is there anything else, I mean, anything else that you want to, before we wrap up on, on the second part with relationships, um, or, or are we okay with, are we complete with the three, the three things, three hacks or tips that you want to bring out? So I'd say that those are the three. The first is mastering your calendar by making sure to include your, your loved ones in it. Uh, second is, is scheduling in those talks, right? The relationship review, the, the sit down and let's talk about it. And then third is separate but together time. Acknowledging that you're, the other people have interests and, and supporting them and, and doing that stuff on their own while you do your own thing. Um, this, is, this is just a very maybe personal question. I, are there, in your, in your practice, right, as doing matrimonial work, with these three relationship tips, is there one that if you could recommend to people that this, this may have been missing in your marriage? that caused it to fall apart. Is there, is there something that pops up a lot more that you encourage or if, if it was early in the relationship would encourage people to, to sort of implement? Absolutely. I'd say the second one, communication is key. And it's very easy. However it is, you begin communicating and get to communicating with your other person. That's how it gets stuck. And things get comfortable. And when things get comfortable, we start talking to somebody a certain way and don't really get reprimanded, you know, so we keep talking to them that way. Uh, and so relationship review for me provides a structure of thanking that other person. Instead of, hey, you didn't do the dishes. Oh, well, hey, you took out the garbage and taking out the garbage is gross. So I really appreciate the fact that you did that. And so both things could have happened. But in one, you're thinking and acknowledging that other person. And then the other, you're, you're annoyed and kind of barking at them for not doing the thing that you think that they're supposed to do. So setting up that, yeah. that gratitude, raising issues in a safe way. Instead of, hey, you didn't do the dishes versus, you know, I'd really love it if we chatted about how we can divide household responsibilities. I think it'd really be fair if I did this and that and that. And you did that and that and that. And that way it wouldn't feel like I had to do everything all the time. How does that sound? And so now there's a place to do that and to have that safe conversation instead of, hey, go do the dishes now. You know? <laughs> so it provides a framework of communication that serves to strengthen the relationship instead of having it kind of fall to pieces, especially with time. Leona, this has been absolutely gold, gold. This is a go down the the annals of like podcast history is absolutely amazing. Just because I, I think I'd like to consider myself a voracious reader, although that's questionable. Um, any books or because we went through a lot and, and listening to it, maybe one thing and, and maybe 
books that you recommend people check out to help implement and deploy some of these things, whether it's the routine part of it or the communication part of it? Any off the top of your head? I know you're putting on the spot, but um, you may recommend. Of course. So I love the book, The Slight Edge. The Slight Edge is one of my very favorite books, and it talks about habit building and how all it takes is a teeny weeny step in a, a certain direction, right? Say I want to be drinking more water. So it's taking that one extra gulp of water today to put me on the path to kind of hitting my, I don't know, eight, eight cups of water a day goal or something like that. That each day we're either slightly improving or slightly going down in all different areas of our lives. And it's up to us whether we keep going a little bit up or a little bit down and it doesn't take a whole lot of extra effort. So I'd say that's one of my very favorite books. Awesome. I've actually, it's been on my, it's in my, my Amazon like watch list, but I haven't, I actually haven't gotten, so I'll, I'll add that to my queue. Uh, Leona, thank you so, 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 so very much. This was super, super helpful for myself personally. So I really, really appreciate you spending the time and energy to come on and sharing your knowledge and wisdom with us because you just are, are a firecracker that's getting stuff done. Um, again, running your own law practice, running tutoring service, nonprofit, BNI consultant in leadership, um, and then you've got all this stuff going on in personal. So, absolutely, thank you so very much. Thank you so much for having me on, Richard. I so appreciate it. Uh, just, just if anybody who's listening wants to connect with you, what are how can they reach you? And, and we'll link up in the show notes as well in case I might want to check it out. But how can people reach the only president? Absolutely. Feel free to give me a call at area code 917-589-6519. Feel free to also send me an email to Leona. That's L-E-O-N-A at L Krasner. That's L-K-R-A-S-N-E-R.com. Super cool. Again, yeah, we'll add that to the show notes. Um, Leona, before I let you go, anything else you have to tell the world? Thank you so much for having me on, Richard. You are awesome. And the fact that you are spreading wisdom and positivity, especially during this crazy time, is wonderful. So keep on doing what you're doing. Awesome. Very much. Thank you so much, Leona Krasner. Uh, until next time, be well. AR Nation, until next time, take care and bye for now.